How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Need for it, here for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots. He scores. Battling through it, finally. No sense, bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, we are back. It has been a couple of months since November we haven't been around, but thanks but is back, activated from IR, we're ready to go to talk about some hockey. If there was any question about how much we're like Tyler Toffoli, like once he comes back to the team, then we're back. We're ready. We're here. Yeah, we're the same. We were on his schedule, even though technically we went down earlier than him, we were like, you know what? What better time to make a reappearance than when Tyler Toffoli is back in the lineup? Seems fitting. We're not professional athletes. It takes us a little bit like longer to recover. You know, we don't have that pro uh, team helping us get back. So I, I, it makes sense. Um, how have you been, Diane, in the couple of months that we've been mostly not paying attention to hockey, sometimes tuning in? Like, what? how on the radar have you been? Um, anything cool that you've noticed that you liked, didn't like, etc.? What's been up? Um, I've been good. I hadn't really been following hockey too much, except for whatever, like, couldn't be missed, you know? Uh, I left the state and watched movies for a couple of weeks, but I'm back and I'm ready. Uh, I was pretty amped about the All-Star game. It was a nice little, like, Mm -hmm. palate cleanser of just, like, fun things uh, to ease me back into the the hockey watching. Um, I enjoyed that P.K. Subban came to L.A., and then signed with WME so he could get, like, endorsements and things like that. I thought that was delightful. Yeah, Pete Casey Band, always great. Loved seeing him. Actually, in general, I thought, like, the All-Star game specifically was a lot more fun than I expected, even without sort of the, the narrative of something like John Scott going into right. it. Like, I think in general, just the new format is actually much more fun than I think people were ready to give it credit for. Um, and I think three-on-three, three, like, the having the money on the line and stuff seems like a little bit more competitive still. Um, so, yeah, it was it was the parts of it that I did tune into because I did have to work All-Star Weekend. But, like, what I did get to see I, I thought was a good time. So credit to the NHL on that, I guess. Everyone seemed to be having fun. Like, all of the old alumni that came in were having a blast. Like, I don't know if Wayne Gretzky Scott stopped smiling as he was coaching everyone. Um, he seemed like he was having <laughs> yeah. a great time. Everyone was having a great time. Um selfies galore uh you know i and i always love players interacting with other players you know if they've played together like in the minors or or whatever it's it's always fun seeing those relationships come out in something that while it's still competitive doesn't have like the stanley cup on the line so right uh you know you've got chris pronger checking justin bieber into the boards um competitive <laughs> style but also no one really cares so it was it was pretty great uh yeah that was a good moment i, I also feel like too like jeff carter was the king's all-star and people are like what's that gonna be like because he's so chill he doesn't really seem to be the kind of person who at least historically with the kings is not always a guy who's like super out there mr tv charm kind of whatever but i thought he really turned it on he made sure he had his teeth in <laughs> he was looking good <laughs> he was smiling a lot interacting with the people so i felt like yeah like everybody seemed to be really enjoying it that's how you know that jeff carter is serious is if he's got his teeth in right if yeah, he's in like serious day. pr mode he's got his teeth in <laughs> serious jeff he's carter has no teeth and is scoring you know 27 goals uh, right. But PR friendly, Jeff Carter puts his teeth in, smiles, is a nice dad. Right, yeah. So he seemed really relaxed. And I think also, you know, people like being in Los Angeles, it's laid back, it's not freezing. Yeah. So that probably helped too. Everybody was feeling really relaxed. It worked out, I thought, overall. You know, as a California local, I always feel happy when other people come to California and is like, LA is great. California's great. The weather's awesome. Yeah. Why do I live in a frozen tundra in a place where my face hurts when I go outside? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. California's amazing. Um, so yeah, so the All-Star Game, one of the things we were sort of aware of, but actually generally kind of missed and sort of like we weren't part of the conversation a whole lot. But um, we have popped in here and there. Like we went to Tippeking. We wrote about that experience. That was really fun. We had noticed Peter Budai has been 
still having, even though there are games where he'll like, like the one that they're playing today, which obviously we are recording in the middle of like the third period happening. So but somehow I don't pulled. think the, the uh, score is going to change too much. Right, right. It'll be pretty much the same. So the Kings were losing for nothing. The last that we looked at and Peter Buda had been pulled um, for the third period. Um, but even though he had games like that, this I think still is probably the best or will end up being the best year of his career in terms of performance. And so we noticed that through a little of his way. He, he obviously didn't get picked for the All-Star game because he had a few really bad games before those rosters came out. <laughs> but in general, like we noticed that he was doing really well. And yeah, we, we've tuned in for little things here and there. I watch the World Juniors because I always watch yep, the World Juniors. And I'm still very excited <laughs> that the USA won gold. Um, that was kind of unexpected, but super exciting for me to see. Um, and also that they beat Canada to do it. I am How great. I'm always happy when USA wins. Actually, when I was in the airport leaving to go to Utah, um, I saw someone in a King's hat and a USA hockey uh, t-shirt. Don't know this person, which is like, I'm sorry, I need to high-five you right now. Did that <laughs> right? and like yeah. walked away. <laughs> we just need to have a moment. Yep. It's it's cool. I still do that too. Like Even when I wasn't actually watching any games for some periods or paying attention to any real news, I would still get excited if I see people who are hockey fans. Or you end up in conversations with people who are hockey yeah. fans and that was still exciting. So yeah, even though it hadn't been... Our lives hadn't been inundated with hockey and NHL stuff. We still touched on it here and there. It's kind of hard to to pull out completely, pull away from all the news and stuff. But we're ready to be back. We're ready to just drown in hockey news. Yeah. And in an attempt to do that, one of the things that I noticed right away is even beyond like not paying attention to the details of games, even just looking at the standings, I was like, what the (laughs) hell is going on? Like some teams are underperforming in ways that are baffling. Like, the Tampa Bay Lightning are near the bottom of the league. What? Who expected this? No one. <laughs> what is happening? Also, um, the Edmonton Oilers apparently continue to be a team that is in the top three in the Pacific and could very well make the playoffs. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, so, like, little surprises here and there. Were there any teams that, like, stuck out to you when you were trying to look at things today or this week? I figured that Colorado would eventually gain some sort of footing. <laughs> I seem to have oh, been no. mistaken. <laughs> right. Greatly misled. Uh, 30 points they're sitting at right now. They've gotten um, a sad loser point uh, for like every team they played, including themselves, essentially at this point. Um, <laughs> it's real bad. It's amazing. I think it was the beginning of this season where people expected, I think it was the Canucks, right? Everybody was like, they're going to finish last. And the Canucks were like, no, we're not. But I don't think they meant that in this way that Colorado and Arizona also would be so bad <laughs> that it was impossible for anyone to like be, be more terrible than they are. <laughs> but Colorado and Arizona have super managed it. Colorado has been impressively bad to the point where everybody's like, you know what? Just trade the good players. Yep. Let them get new starts, some better development coaching, hopefully. Um, it has been so unfortunate to, to watch them struggle. It's so funny because they were on the verge of being like a cup contending team, essentially. Yeah, not like super soon, but in the next few years. And no one thought, like, there were a few people that they were like, they're never going to trade, like, Landeskog or, you know, things like that. And how times have changed almost instantaneously where now they're shopping all those players to kind of get some sort of fresh start. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I think people, when they had that one playoff year, everybody was like, oh, maybe the Avalanche are turning around. Stats people knew that was kind of... Um, like a bubble year, basically. Like, it wasn't really going to last. But I don't think anybody anticipated that they would backslide and then stay this bad for this long, especially, like, new depths of bad (laughs) this season. So it is sort of impressive in a way that they haven't been able to move forward, even with good players and trying to make an effort to build better systems. And I wonder if that's – it's one of those things where, like, why – Wah was a bad coach, I think, and they clearly haven't figured out a better system or a better way to coach. I wonder if it's like the kind of – there are not a lot of ways to evaluate coaching still with this league, at least not consistently in terms of actual data and whatnot. So I wonder if this is an area where like eventually you're like, all right, even if we make some good moves in terms of pieces, clearly we're not addressing systematic things as well. So I guess that is when you get to a point where it's like, all right, let's blow it up and – 
start all over and see what happens. Although Nathan McKinnon, when he came to the All-Star game, was kind of... Uh, was like, hey guys, what's up? It's your all-star from the worst team in the league. Um, but was also, uh, like, felt for their coach because he's like, he's not bad. It's just, it's a really bad year. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that from, like, a player's perspective that he doesn't necessarily think that, I mean, obviously he's going to be fairly loyal to, he's not going to say anything, like, super bad about them, but um, is still at least defending the coaching there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say because you can't really, there's no like quantifiable way to say you're a good coach or a bad coach besides winning games. Right, yeah. There are some tells, at least in terms of evaluating the actual system, like you can look at how the team performs. Right. Like, like with the Kings, like we know that there's a certain style that they play. We look at how they, everything's sort of built from the breakout. If they don't have a good breakout, they're probably not going to do anything on a shift. Yeah. <laughs> they're very structured in that way. And you attribute that to the coaching staff and the system that they've put in place, but it's kind of hard, especially when there's been a change in coaching or, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like it's difficult to fully, to get a full picture of right. what that is and where the actual problem is in terms of players or if it's the system or whatever. Um, so yeah, the Avalanche are in a weird place and I am, even though like they're obviously not going to do anything worthwhile this season, it makes them sort of a fascinating case to watch going forward just to see if they do blow, actually blow it up and then start all over and what happens that way or if they try to repair it. Um, so in that way, I think they'll be fascinating to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's always interesting to see how someone's going to rebuild if they're going to try to stick to it. Or if they're just going to dismantle a few key pieces and try again, or just completely blow it up. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And it'll be interesting, too, because it looks like the Golden Knights are going to be able to start, like, looking at players essentially soon Mm -hmm. um, to see how that, if at all, affects anything. Um, obviously they can't touch players that are playing right now, but you know, you have to imagine that something like that is something to think about. Oh, I am so like for a while I was kind of whatever about the expansion and that whole process, (laughs) but I think the way things are shaping up this season with the kinds of teams that have underperformed and also the fact that, I mean, it's not official, but it's very likely that the cap is going to be flat, which is going to make the offseason super difficult for a number of teams, which kind of gives the new team an advantage in terms of like, all right, well, we have an opportunity to probably snag some really good players when they might or they may have thought they didn't have as much of a chance before. So that'll be that'll be super fascinating. I'm I'm prepared, ready, excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for the summertime drama of like who's going to go where cuz it's it's all very new and exciting. On the other end of the spectrum, a team that has kind of surprised everybody a lot even though right now I think they're kind of stumbling a bit are the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, I don't know if we missed the entirety of their, what was it, 16-game win streak, something crazy. But it was amazing even to just see peripherally and be like, what is up? It's insane. How did that happen? They're third in the league. And it doesn't seem to be a fluke No, at this point. So it's super impressive. Um, how's your how's your boy Zach Gorinsky? He's great. I continue to enjoy watching him succeed. He has at times bubbled up in the Calder conversation, but I think that some of the forwards are doing so well still that it's going to be hard for him to actually make some headway there. But in terms of like watching him and watching a, a defenseman sort of stay in that area of conversation is exciting for <laughs> me in particular because I really like him. Oh, I was going to say overall like. The Blue Jackets, people actually expected a lot out of them last season, and then they were so, so unlucky and underperformed so much that in a way, like, even though, you know, nobody can predict a 16-game win streak, even though, like, there is still a huge amount of luck there, too, in general, I think this push forward probably should have been a little bit more expected, and it's um, exciting in that opposite way to see a team <laughs> live up to their potential. <laughs> so yeah, good time for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, for the longest time, uh, people just, well, they weren't like, oh, they're cup contenders, but they're like, the Blue Jackets are getting better. Like, you know, they're not right. a perennially bad team, and here they are uh, getting better and getting better in, like, leaps and bounds. Not just like, oh, they made it to a wild card. Oh, they made it to, like, the first round of the playoffs or whatever it is. They're, like, legitimately 
a good team this season, and it's very cool to watch. I I also have to say, like, if, you know, a few years ago, I was kind of a I'm not even very low key, like Blue Jackets hater, because they were sort of <laughs> painted on social media as like this darling of a team. But I was like, their identity doesn't even match the sort of marketing campaign that they're going for. But now I think it's. And the winning can do this for any team, but I think they're sort of meeting in the middle a little bit more. And I do think the team is can be really fun. Um, and I think, like, they have a lot of youth there, too. So that kind of makes things more exciting as well. Um, and they're, you know, li- again, living up to their potential. So no longer a hater from this area. Uh, Blue Jackets are okay by me, even though I still hate <laughs> uh, some of them, like Brandon Dubitsky, who I think is just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Yeah. Most for the most part, for the I've most made part, everyone's everyone's okay. We're, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're not going leaps and bounds here. Uh, just we're just leading with the okay. <laughs> right, right. I wouldn't call myself a fan of the Blue Jackets, but I don't actively hate on them anymore. So that's progress. So, but what are your feelings about, let's say, Jack Johnson? <laughs> I I still cannot wait till Jack Johnson. Well, although I think his role has been diminished, so it's not as active of like, why is this happening? But we're ready for the Jack Johnson era to be over. Yeah, I'm so ready. We can move beyond it. They have much more interesting players on defense now, and good for them. We can just move past that era completely. Uh, See, so some things have changed, but a lot has stayed the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, still true to my roots here. (laughs) But I'm evolving. It's nice. Oh, Patrick Marlowe oh, yes. scored four goals in a game. I believe it was four goals in a period. In a period. Which is also crazy. Um, in a Sharks game recently. And so... I believe it was against the Avalanche. Aw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> predictable. But still, good, good for Patrick Marlowe. And of course... The internet blew up in terms of, like, oh, it's the four goals, Joe Thornton joke. But what I also found interesting was that a lot of the media and then even some players acknowledged the joke (laughs) that had gone around. So that was really fun to watch unfold. I love that Joe Thornton single-handedly made that a thing. Right, (laughs) yeah. There's scoring one goal, good for you, two goals, awesome, three goals, hat trick, four goals, take it out and stroke it like how (laughs) that escalated real quickly there (laughs) but it's so great so of course you know even i mean logan couture the most inappropriate person who has ever lived in my opinion he just always manages to do the most awkward thing who has tweeted out his porn uplink yeah who like tweeted or instagram pictures of his like mom his mom's thighs for some reason he's i don't know he's so odd to me but anyway he tweeted, very simply, stroke it, Patty, which, again, kind of weird, <laughs> Logan, <laughs> but funny also for being in on the joke. Yes. Um, and then uh, Ray Rado, who covers them for CSN, said that the Sharks voted as a team to have Marlo and Thornton sit in a separate part of the plane, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> um, so, you know, fun times from the Sharks. I thought that was really cool. Cool that he scored four goals in a period because what the hell? That's amazing. Yeah. But also that everybody was like, yes, let's take advantage of this moment. Every, everyone's down with the uh, inappropriate jokes. It's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I guess you're all right, Sharks. <laughs> right. It, fine for now. I'm, I, I am glad, however, that I don't have to watch them play the Kings anymore until possibly the postseason, assuming that the Kings make it. Right. Um, because it felt like their games had become so concentrated that it was like, all right, let's just watch one King Sharks game a week. <laughs> um, and that was a weird period. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it felt like we were watching the King Sharks all the time. Yeah, I felt like every time I was like, all right, maybe I'll tune into a hockey game. It was King Sharks. And I was like, well, also, never mind. <laughs> it's like, I wonder who they're playing today. Damn it. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, watch this again. the same team. <laughs> so um, good with the Sharks for now, since I don't have to pay much attention to them, except for when they're exciting and funny. Yeah. Something that surprised me, just because it has been for freaking ever, is that the New York Islanders finally fired Jack Capuano. Um, which is amazing uh, because we also get to, or I guess that means we also don't have to look at his super 90s mullety haircut I anymore. love his haircut. No, 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 no. Take that back. I love his haircut. <laughs> I just don't understand how it is stuck in the same year, like 1992, for so long. It's amazing. But no longer in New York. Maybe there have been some rumors that he will probably be interviewed for the Knights, 
which could be interesting, which actually would mean that I have to see that haircut more, which I guess that way you would win also. <laughs> I would also win. Amazing. But yeah, it was about time that he was fired. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been forever. And they have not done a ton with him behind the bench, even though they have a player like John Tavares, who is amazing. So it'll be interesting to see what the Islanders do. I mean, they're currently still seventh in the Metropolitan Division, but they're only five points back from the second wildcard spot. So actually, the race right now is still pretty close all over the league with the exception of like the gross underperformers um so who actually knows what the playoffs could look like um in a couple months but it's interesting it'll be interesting right now to see what the islanders do if they're able to step it up in some way yeah we'll see um and another firing uh ken hitchcock ken hitchcock no longer the st louis blues coach yeah which surprised me a little bit because it seemed pretty set in stone that they were going to let him finish this last season. Let him season ride it out, yeah. Have, yeah, and then let, ha- let Yo have it, but I guess not. They got impatient. But to be fair, the St. Louis Blues have been, like, really weirdly not great. So um, better now than later, I guess. I guess it was too, they were too bad to warrant waiting. You know, if they were kind of middling or, you know, doing all right, it's like, well, let it play out. Whatever, that's fine. But I guess... Their performance has been like so subpar that they needed to get rid of Hitchcock now to see if they could save themselves. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I mean, the Central Division is not as entirely threatening as it has been in the last couple seasons, so they they might have a chance still, so, which is interesting. Um, so we'll see if Yo can get it done. Um, on the flip side, the team that Mike Yo left, the Minnesota Wild, have been crushing it. Yep. Um, they're at the top of the Central Division, and part of me is always like, oh, wow, that's kind of surprising. Then I'm like, oh, right, they have Boudreaux, who is doing well in his first season. And I still like Bruce Boudreaux, so I congratulations do. to the Wild. Yeah, that's always good. I always think it's funny when teams, like, if there's no, because they did almost, like, immediately better after Yo left. And I always think that that's really funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> like the second someone leaves, they're like, finally, we can do what we like, what we know how to do well. And then they're amazing with no sort of like weeks of uh, like mediocre play in between. It's right. Pretty, it's pretty hilarious to me. It's yeah, it was kind of surprising in a way, but also cool for Boudreaux to like come in and yeah. really get it going right away. Because I felt like it took him a little bit longer, maybe with the Ducks, who surprisingly the Ducks. I mean, we'll get in a, into that in a minute. I won't even go there. So <laughs> let's just, I'll just stay on Boudreaux for a minute. Um, but it was cool to see him basically pick up and start making things happen for that team right away. And some of their players have had really stellar seasons. Grandland has had, I think. I mean, a breakout year in terms of my attention to the Wild. Um, he's he's leading them on points right now, I believe. He just had a hat trick recently. Zucker is also having a good year. Um, yeah, so there there's some interesting things seem to be happening out of Minnesota, and so we'll see how well that translates in the postseason, too. Do you want to talk about the Ducks now? <laughs> yeah, and I don't really even have a lot to say about the Ducks, just that when I looked at the standings, I was surprised that they were second in the Pacific Division. Yeah. Because they're coached by Randy Carlisle, and I mean, maybe it's a testament to Carlisle learning some things, or it's just that players like Getzlaff and, you know, those guys are still so good that they can't be kept down entirely. They just take their um, reins and go and do what they need to do, regardless of, like, what the what coaching is happening. Right. Maybe it's at that point where they're just, the Ducks are still just going to play how they play. I don't know. But I was like, what the hell? <laughs> how are they doing this well? Um, also, so that's been, really my it's point. It's been kind of low-key well. Like, there hasn't been huge win streaks. There hasn't been, like, Hatrick out. You know, like, it, it, there haven't been, like, big-name games or anything like that. They just keep solidly and consistently winning. So it kind of snuck up on me. There, Yeah, there's nothing, like, big to report on, but there, here they are. Second. It was just one of those things where I looked at and was like, well, I haven't heard that much about them, but apparently they're having but an okay season. they're doing great. <laughs> All right. I'm not that happy about it, but okay. That is, you know, a little bit of a surprise to me anyway, even without having, again, Bruce Boudreaux, my guy who I like. Fun stuff this week from out east was that the Toronto Maple Leafs played the Boston Bruins. They had a 4-1 lead. And can you guess what happened next? Um, I'm going to guess they blew that lead. Totally. <laughs> Completely. It was amazing, but also <laughs> at this point just kind of predictable in a way. The good news is that they went on to win the game 6-5, but like, 
way to just play right into the narrative <laughs> with my blowing that 4-1 lead. Um, a cool thing that happened, though, is William Nylander, who has had some rough patches at times this season, or has at least gotten overshadowed by some of the other young guys on that team, had a hat trick, his first career hat trick. So that's cool for him. Yeah, good for him. But, yeah, in, like, the most Toronto game ever. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and that seems to still be kind of the story, I guess, with Toronto, is for as much as their offense has been reinvigorated and exciting for people to watch, particularly their fans, of course, they still got some lessons to learn on defense and preventing yeah. goals. <laughs> There's still some underlying problems. Like, the offensive stuff is nice because you can see it, it's goals, hooray, but, you know... They're still failing in plenty of other ways. Right, right. They, they've got a you know a little bit of a catch-up to do in, in other areas. But maybe that's part of the, like, having so many really young players, and it seems a defensive game seems to be one of the things that develops later. So we'll see what happens, like, next season, where they're at. But it is kind of funny so far to have them be like, wow, they're scoring a lot. And then it's like, well, but also they're allowing a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. so it's all kind of a wash. Right, yeah. Um, but that but that was cool, at least, that Nylander got his first hat trick. Um, I thought that was fun. Uh, something else that was fun for the Kings, even though they are on a back-to-back and didn't do as well against Washington, is that their game Saturday against Philadelphia was a one nothing win and meant that Peter Budai got his seventh shutout of the season, which is nuts, um, and is now the NHL shutout leader which is cool for him. Just another testament to how his season is, again, probably the best of his career. <laughs> He's having such a good, like, from being, like, a third-string goalie, and here he is, the top, like, with... Um, he's not too far behind in, in wins, I think, from uh, whoever's leading right now. Uh, seven shutouts. Uh, and he just seems genuinely happy to be playing and to be doing well and to be given another chance that I can't help but be absolutely delighted for him. He says it in all his interviews. Like, he's just like, I'm just happy to, you know, be here and be playing. And this is an is exciting time. Even though the Kings, like, as a team have been struggling. Kind of, like, they haven't been horrible, obviously, but they have been struggling this season. Um, he's still just, like, like so glad to be nominated, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so hesitant. Okay, do you remember us talking about this when he was signed? We were so just like, what are you doing? Why would this ever be <laughs> yeah. a goalie that you would sign and then depend on? And here we are. Yeah. Yeah, so good on him. Also a, a testament to the Kings, like, goalie system. And, like, their goalie coaches and things like that, like Bill Ranford and, and all that, like, that has to be part of it as well. It's kind of It's amazing. fascinating because in the things that I've read about Budai and, like, the changes that he's made this season is Bill Ranford, for example, asked him to be more aggressive. Um, and that is, like, a thing that the Kings goaltenders kind of get knocked for, you know, especially because Jonathan Quick is, like, the most aggressive and athletic goaltender in the league. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that does bite him horribly. Uh, but I think even though he might not be the most or the best goaltender in terms of numbers or whatever, it makes him the most interesting goaltender to watch. And I do think it's interesting that something he does pretty naturally is something that Bill Ranford and the other people working with goaltending are encouraging guys like Budai to adopt at least a little bit. And I wonder how that really shifted his game if he feels like it helps him you know I don't know I just thought that was an interesting tidbit that seems to be mentioned or have been mentioned a couple different times yeah um also Jonathan Quick who is practicing in full gear now so I kind of forgot that he you know was maybe making his way back right it was just like oh yeah Jonathan Quick who exists (laughs) he's been gone for so long Uh, but yeah, he's actually on the ice again, so that's really nice. I, there was an interview with Tyler Toffoli. He was asked some questions about, this was before he was activated, what it's been like coming back, like if him and Jonathan Quick hang out. And he's like, you know, yeah, you just kind of have to keep busy and occupied and stay engaged. And uh, Toffoli had gone on their the Kings New York trip, and Quick is on this current road trip right now, even though he's not playing. Um, and so it's like, oh, right, he, he's still around. Yeah. He's still with the team, at least, after, you know, for a couple months, it was like we never saw him ever. There was, like, one picture of him when he went to a basketball game, and that was literally all I saw of Jonathan. And then, and like then when we months. went to, like, Tip a King, and we're like, oh, there he is in person. <laughs> right, right. That guy. Um, so it's good that he is working his way towards coming back, That though there's still no official timetable. It seems like early March is the optimistic 
um, guess when he might get some real action, but we don't know. We don't know. Which would be weird, because it means essentially that Jonathan Quick could not play at all this season. Um, yeah. Which is a strange thing to happen. Because of course, I still, I'm like, of course he got injured in the season opener. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, why thing. wouldn't that be a thing? Uh, when he said that he could tell pretty quickly that it was worse than the last time he had a groin injury, what I'm still not clear on is if it's still the, if it's the same side of his body yeah. or if it's the other side and what that means, like if that contributes to a longer recovery or what. Maybe if it's not the same side of his body, it's just a worse injury. Like um, That is a tidbit that I have wondered about that I don't think we've seen any answers to. Yeah, so that'll be, I mean, I just assume they'll maybe release that once he comes back. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty interested in that too. But uh, speaking of staying engaged with the team even though you're injured uh i really loved tyler Toffoli being andy lasner's uh water boy yeah that was and that whole that was really great like i the people knock the kings a lot because they are so tight-lipped i mean nhl players in general are just very tight-lipped in terms of like personality or like having fun and and things like that and the kings kind of even more so which is funny because like the king's twitter is so active but you know, Dean Lombardi likes the Kings players to kind of stay on lockdown. But I loved that bit on Ellen. Um, everyone looked like they were having a, such a good time, and it was a lot of fun. Also, like, Bailey uh, <laughs> scaring him with a drum, uh, which it's, it scares me sometimes. And I'm, like, you know, sections away in a huge stadium. So to imagine, like, not expecting that and having that right behind your ear yeah. is hilarious to me. Protect your ears. <laughs> That's what I'm like, oh, okay, that's super loud. Um, I liked that as well. I thought it was super cute. There was so much grown man giggling <laughs> in that video. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, everybody was just so giddy. Um, Everyone was so, having such yeah. a great time. It was so much fun. Yeah, I feel like the Kings have loosened up a little bit, and I wonder, I mean, like, obviously they're still not producing, like, tons and tons of content where they're just, like, like, relaxed and chilling and whatever. They just still don't talk a ton on social media or anything like that. But considering how locked down they got at one point, by necessity to a large degree, um, you can tell that they're loosening up a little bit more and they feel a little more more comfortable. And I wonder if that's kind of just longevity, too. They've been around each other a lot longer. They've been in the organization a lot longer. Whatever the reason, like, it's it's cool to see. I think, um, you know, people like, if you like a team, you want to see your team having a good time, and you want to think that they like each other. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Yeah, there's been less, like, less uh, player shakeups, so I think everyone's been pretty settled in, you know, like, you see pictures from the summer of everyone just, like, chilling at the beach together, and that's always nice to see that your team likes each other. Yeah, there was, like, that locker room video with Alec Martinez and Jeff Zatkoff because they go way back like yeah I like little things like that it's fun to see I like having some personality um yeah and and they've been a lot of fun I like that Ellen video I hope they do other things that are (laughs) that are fun like that uh yeah more of that yeah not all the time just little tidbits something to keep us happy just every once in a while I don't need like a full behind the scenes access there but those little snippets uh make me happy especially through you know grueling parts of the the season oh speaking of fun and friendship captain andre kobitar apparently has become besties with wayne gretzky (laughs) they went golfing together a couple years ago and that just like was the open door and now they get closer and closer there was even a piece lisa delman wrote a piece for nhl.com about it um and how they've stayed in touch and uh even when Kobitar talks about him, like, he seems so giddy. <laughs> it's really great. Text messages and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Even though now, like, Wayne Gretzky is working in a more official capacity with the Oilers again, he still maintains a very strong connection to L.A. and L.A.'s players, which is fun. And I love that they talk about stuff other than hockey. Just like, yeah. you know, how are you? How are you doing? How's your family? You know, how's your golf game? Uh... Did you see the price of produce at Whole Foods? Like, whatever it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, like, anything about hockey. It's pretty fantastic. They're buds. It's really genuine. And yet still, like, I love there was a line in here, you know, after Kopitar is told about some of the praise that Wayne Gretzky has given him as a player. Kopitar's like, I don't know what I did to get, to get his blessing. <laughs> um, he's just so amazed. Uh, and he, then he mentions, like, the World Cup, which was funny to me because then it's, like, the layers of hero worship. It's like... 
Andre Kopitar hero worshiping Wayne Gretzky, who came by to talk to him. But also, still one of my favorite things from the World Cup is Leon Dreisaitl having like the hugest like hockey crush on Andre Kopitar. <laughs> so they're just it is levels deep of <laughs> hero worship right there. Um, so that was funny to me. People are always impressed by Andre Kopitar. He's just like silently amazing. It's like when Mike Richards came, and every time someone asked him about. Andre Kopitar, he had to take a deep breath and and then start talking about him. Otherwise, it would have gone into some sort of like, uh, you know, twenty minute like monologue about how great he is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So it was good, and there was also a mention too of when they first played golf together, Gretzky and Kopitar. Justin Williams was also there, and I loved that because also one of the things. At the time, like when Justin Williams was on the team, and even now, is how close him and Kopitar have always been. And I like that it, you know, persists. Obviously, so yeah, just another nod to how great it, it friendship is. Love friendship. Love hearing <laughs> about it. Please give me more things like this to be like. That's so great. Now I feel all warm and mushy. Yep, pretty much. I like the warm mushy feeling. I will say that I uh, was watching the overtime goal that Jeff Carter scored against the Flyers, which continues to be amazing i still like when jeff carter scores against his old teams especially like in overtime come on that was amazing but his and andre kopitar's like delighted hug yeah was real cute i love that and and i literally was like oh friendship (laughs) all of a sudden we're very friendship is magic (laughs) it doesn't take a lot no it really doesn't um but yeah, let's talk about Jeff Carter for a second, who, just like two seconds, he's amazing. He's scored, so good. He scored 27 goals, just second in the league behind Crosby. Um, 12 more goals than the next person on the Kings, which is, Tan- which is Tanner Pearson, by the way, but with 15, which is also separately delightful. Jeff Carter. But Jeff Carter's killing it. <laughs> makes me so happy. Just like deep joy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's so happy here in Los Angeles. He continues to perform really well. He's having a really good year. Um, going to the All-Star Game was totally deserved for him. And I'm glad that it happened in Los Angeles so that he would definitely go because it was like half an hour away. <laughs> um, love that. I, 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 he sort of worked his way into a couple of conversations about the heart, which is um, deserved. Like, I don't think he'll win it. I don't even know if he'll actually get the nomination. But I think it is good that people are acknowledging how great he's been for the Kings and how important he's been. And just, I don't know, he's really stepped up. Like, he's wearing an A all the time now. Um, and I'm just impressed with him constantly. <laughs> I love Jeff Carter. Thanks. That's my piece. Me too. I No, I love it. Like, I loved when he came and he was amazing then. And But people, you know, were still, not that they were griping, but they were still just like, uh, how shitty he was with the Blue Jays, like, whatever, all of that stupid drama. And then he just, like, quietly became, like, an essential part of the Kings, like, the core part to keep them going. And I could not be happier. And, it, yeah, it pleases me greatly. I need to stop. Yeah. I need to stop talking about Jeff Carter. It's it's awesome. And I think, you know, it's easy to look back and be like, Kings fans always loved him. And I think they took to him pretty quickly, but... You're right. Like, when he first came, there were questions, not just from the Blue Jackets side. Like, those fans still have a weird grudge against him. But even when he was traded, Kings fans were like, I don't know. Is this the right move? Maybe the Kings should have tried to get, like, Rick Nash. I don't know. Um, But he has won over Kings fans so much and continues to just perform really well. And also, he seems to really love it in Los Angeles as a city. Um, And they stay in Hermosa. But, you know, this area in general. So... That is always pleasing to me. I like when people are here and happy to be here, and um, it's good. I, you know, he's great with fans and stuff. He's very chill. He's a happy dad. I'm happy for <laughs> Jeff Carter. Happy uh, for what he brings to my team. Ex- exactly. I'm happy for him, and I am happy that because he's happy, he's doing so well uh, for the Kings, and thus makes me happy again. I do have to point out, just because it was funny to me, um, there was a piece, I can't remember exactly how long ago it was, but it was talking about Jeff Carter, probably around the All-Star game, that would make sense, but um, there was a piece, and John Stevens had a quote in it that was like, people always talk, or people always used to talk about how much that Mike Richards won, but... You know, I don't remember exactly, but he was like, basically, they haven't given enough credit to Jeff Carter. He's performed really well, that kind of thing. And I was like, this accidental, subtle shade about how people <laughs> used to talk about Mike Richards. 
So unfortunate. Oh, poor Mike Richards. True. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of that duo, that partnership, Jeff Carter has outlasted and continues to be really great, which is good for him. Unfortunate for his bestie. But um Yeah, because it yeah, was it was honestly, always like Mike Richards is like one of like the most winningest players with everything that he's won. And then he's just slowly was put into a boat and set off into a lake to go fish. Uh, <laughs> it's no longer like make it sound like the kings put him in a boat <laughs> and just like pushed, pushed him out into, out into sea like goodbye your time is done <laughs> and then he just happily fishes in Canada somewhere oh, man. the kings gave Mike Richards a Vikings funeral yeah. actually <laughs> you thought he was going to fish they actually set they him on set fire they set him on fire and <laughs> set him off to sea oh no meanwhile Jeff Carter is still here doing wonderfully so we came out better for it, I think. As I LA think Kings so, fans. too, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that made me laugh because I, I do believe it was, like, totally intentional. He wasn't trying to, like, shade Mike Richards at all. But I was, like, used it's, to it, I mean, man. It's, total, it's a totally factual statement. But, like, when looking <laughs> right? at the, you know, like, the subtleties of it, you're just like, ooh, ouch. Now Mike Richards is just somebody the Kings used to know. Yep. Circling back, though, because you mentioned that Jeff Carter has the second most goals to Sidney Crosby, which is amazing. And I feel like it's important to note this year that both Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin are doing, or like hitting big milestones. Alex Ovechkin has already hit his. He reached a thousand points in January, actually in a game versus the Penguins. He scored a goal less than a minute in and hit his thousandth point. He was honored, I believe, before the Kings ceremony. I didn't actually watch the Kings Capitals game, but I believe he was honored before the Kings game. And Sidney Crosby is currently at 997 points and will probably hit 1,000 very soon. And they are both in their 12th season, I think, Um, which is amazing that they have reached this milestone so quickly and that they still have a number of good years left to play in this league. People talk all the time about how good they are, but like having these sort of benchmarks be hit like this, I'm just, it's like a reminder to be like, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like this, (laughs) this soon. Um, of course they did it like in the same year within like the same few games because (laughs) why wouldn't they just keep that going? Um, they seemed to be having a great time together at the Mm -hmm. all-star game. So yeah, that was fun to see. I really liked that. They were having a good time. I loved every picture of them sort of side by side. Or even the ones where, like, Alex Ovechkin would be doing his thing because he's kind of a ham and it's amazing. And Sidney Crosby would be, like, there and kind of looking at him like, I can't believe this dude is like this. <laughs> he, like, he enjoys watching it. whatever antics right. he's doing. He's also yeah. like, please don't include me in these. <laughs> Let right. me just sit here and play hockey. As you squirt water into other people's mouths, yeah. do not turn to me. <laughs> do not look at me. <laughs> But he was amused by it, which I appreciate. So I obviously they play in the Eastern Conference. We don't see them as much. And I don't follow really the Penguins or the Capitals super closely. But even still, I have a lot of appreciation for watching those two players. Um, And it's cool to see them hit those hit those points. And also makes me excited, like looking to younger guys and wondering how they'll fare. Because even like someone like Sidney Crosby, he essentially missed a season, a little over a season, like with concussions. And yet still, all these points already. Um, It's impressive. Even you know they're great, and yet still I'm like, wow, man. Yeah, everyone, it's just a foregone conclusion. Like, Sidney Crosby is a good player. Alex Ovechkin is a good player. And then you actually go to the numbers of it, and you're like, fuck. Like, they really are just fantastic. And it makes it makes me wish I watched them more. Right, right, yeah. And some of that is just, like, time. Because they play in the East, all their games, like, start while I'm still at work. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, it, even, like, Alex Ovenchkin recently, I think just the other day, scored his 550th goal. And I was like, didn't you just score 500? Hasn't it been, like, two seconds? <laughs> what is going on? I don't know. He's just amazing. Um, they're both amazing. And um, that was cool, too. It's cool to see them succeed and have people celebrate the fact that they're doing great things and still have a lot of time left to do more great things. Yeah, what do you think their their upper limit's going to be? Like, how long are they going to play? What what are we, are we going to be, are they going to be yoggers? Like, are they going to be like, yeah. he's still in the NHL? Honestly, I mean, I guess, like anything, it sort of depends on an injury, right? Yeah, and that's true. Sidney Crosby hasn't really, I don't think, had any more issues with, like, his brain and stuff since then. But for him, it's like as long as he doesn't get concussed more, he can probably play for a long time. Alex Ovechkin, I don't think, has any serious, like, long-term injury history. So yeah. as long as he can still take those wrist shots, <laughs> he'll play for a long Learn time. He'll play forever. Yeah, I, I 
I'll, I'm so curious to see how long they play and uh, where they get to in terms of points and things like that. And I do want Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals to eventually win a cup. <laughs> um, yes. But I think they have some key players and they could make another really respectable run this year and see if they can get farther. Um, I hope so. I want them to win. I want them to win it. <laughs> I do too. On In a year when like the Kings are super bad <laughs> and don't make the playoffs. Or <laughs> where they have no hope. Where they have zero me. hope. And then I'll be like, all right, <laughs> yeah. like I can get myself behind the Capitals. Right, but right. if like the Kings even have a smidgen of a chance, then I hope that they die and do not win and uh. <laughs> are out in the first round. Yeah. I don't think it'll come to like a Kings Capitals final or anything like that. But for me, that would probably be the only situation where this year even I'm I'm not rooting for the Capitals. Um, not that I have a whole act. I don't really have a lot of active interest in the playoffs yet, mostly because the teams aren't set. My only active interest in the playoffs is that the Oilers don't get past the first round. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all so far. But in terms of going all the way, I would love for the Capitals to finally do that. I like how I like how you're so actively rooting against the Oilers. <laughs> I can't stand this is them. Kind of, this is kind of like when you were like the Blue Jackets in the playoffs. Really, I hope they go right. out. You just transferred your uh, be-out-in-the-first-round hatred to the Oilers. <laughs> I can't stand the Oilers. And you don't want I'm... McDavid to be successful? Look, he's going to be successful anyway. <laughs> he doesn't have to be successful this year. Um, but it's it's actually fine. Like, it's not fine. I want them to go out in the first <laughs> round. But... <laughs> But I don't begrudge them their <laughs> success necessarily. But I always like a – I think what it is is I like a tempered narrative. And if, like, they manage to make a deep run this year, like, the narrative about McDavid and that team will be insane. And I would just would like it to be a little more gradual and sensible and actually interesting. <laughs> um, like how Austin so, um, Matthews is still, you know, doing well um, personally – on a struggling Leafs team. Um, right. It, yeah, like a gradual ease into it and not just like, here he is. And then yeah, into I'm the just, playoffs. I just like that. I don't know. I like to watch the teams go through the steps. And so I'm never really that enthused about teams. that's like all of a sudden they're a juggernaut. And whether or not that's true. And I think a lot of times in hockey media, it's not actually true. Like it does take a few years. But like media wise, people can't wait to start drumming up the headlines of like, wow, they're taking off and they're going to go from terrible like they were last year to all of a sudden the best. And then I'm kind of like, actually, I'm rooting against that narrative and I want them to crash and burn. I'm sorry that I'm a horrible they person. Gotta, they got to play their, they got to pay their dues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like people, to, I like seeing people work for it. I think also because the way that hockey, one way that hockey is different from other major sports in the U.S. is that it is very much like, even though stars can be really good, your team has to be really good to reach the championships because still parity is so close, even with certain superstars being where they are. And I like that about hockey. I like watching people battle and struggle. And so when it's like, that was part of the reason why, even before they were just in general a trash organization, why watching the Blackhawks constantly be so much better than everybody else was disappointing. Like, there's just no excitement to it to me if I know exactly what to expect. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right, right. So so if you're telling me that the Oilers, Oilers are a juggernaut team, I'm like, well, I hope somebody shoots their wings off and they don't <laughs> get very far. That's just me. I know other people don't think like that, but that's how I think. <laughs> uh, and I love you for it. <laughs> but yeah, are there any teams, I guess other than the Kings, because obviously we always want them to do the best that they can, um who right now, and obviously this could change before the actual playoffs, but are there teams right now who you would like to see succeed going into the postseason and see if they can sustain it? Like, who where, who are you most excited about, I guess? No one. <laughs> Literally no one. Not a single team. Just the Kings. I'm putting all of my <laughs> eggs into one basket at this point. <laughs> I think it's too, it's too fluid right now to yeah. really feel for any one team like I hope the Capitals make it I hope Columbus gets in there and does well but I'm not like looking at the teams I don't have a lot of stock in in any of them yeah I always I always want Florida to to do well but at this point that's like not gonna be a thing I feel like they're self-sabotaging themselves (laughs) a little bit which is weird but all right that's a choice but for whatever reason I've always liked Florida uh not always but I've liked Florida for the past few seasons 
Um, but I don't think that's going to do anything. So, yeah, I'm pretty solidly just in the let's, like, go Kings, go camp. Are there any teams so far that have super disappointed you? Like, like the Colorado Avalanche are bad, but that doesn't really have any effect on my personal enjoyment of anything. Um, I was bummed like, about the stars. T- that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Like, someone who I like watching them play. They're a fast, fun team to play. Uh, for whatever reason, you and I always end up seeing King's Stars games. Yeah, we've seen a number of them. Um, also King's Avalanche games, but uh, <laughs> that was pre them being horrible. Uh, and so it's it's kind of strange seeing how much the stars have kind of fallen. Yeah, they're having a really weird season to the point where people expect them maybe to not huge pieces necessarily, but trade some of their guys who've been considered kind of part of the core um, yeah. at the trade deadline. We'll see if it happens, but there are some names floating around. That's the only real like disappointment in something that I've seen. Um, I wanted New Jersey to do better, I suppose, mm. um, because I wanted Taylor Hall to do well, but that's about it. And Bo Bennett. <laughs> I think New Jersey could, I, like, they haven't been terrible. Have, I don't think they have been. I don't know. I'm saying that without actually not a lot of knowledge, <laughs> but um, it seems like they're sort of what people in, expected in general, and so at least it means they have kind of a, seems like a solid foundation yeah. to improve upon. Like, so that's nice. See, they're least. they're paying their dues. Um, they're like yeah, yeah. making a gradual upswing. I would hope, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's about it for me. What about you? In terms of disappointment, obviously, I think the biggest one is probably the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I adore. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, and I don't even think it's just losing Stamkos. I think some of it is just really bad luck. But in general, they have not been able to sustain leads when they have them, even. Earlier this season, they would go down two goals, but they always came back. And I think that has kind of stopped as much, the ability to dig themselves out of a hole. So, yeah, them, I'm like, what's happening, my dudes? Um, And that's probably the only team, I think, that has been a real surprise, at least for me, watching them, who I was, like, invested in them doing well. I'm not invested in the Flames doing well. I just like watching the Flames because they're a happy mess. (laughs) And right now they're in a wild card spot, so they're actually doing better than I could have anticipated. (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, the only actual disappointment is probably the lightning for me. That's understandable. Um, yeah. So I think that's pretty good. We got pretty much a good hour back. Uh, it's kind of all over the place, but we missed a lot of things. <laughs> but we're here. Next week, we'll be back, and we'll have followed everything, and it'll possibly <laughs> yeah. be more structured. Um, yeah. Now it was just us, like, remembering, like, oh, yeah, remember that one thing? Yeah, yeah, but I think that's fine. Now everybody knows where we're at. We'll be paying attention going forward, really back into this hockey thing. Um, and it'll be it'll be really good, and hopefully the Kings, they put together a number of wins, the game against Washington is kind of whatever, hopefully they can get back on it and stuff, and and the rest of the season through the deadline and then through to the postseason will be a lot of fun, hopefully, we'll see. It'll be oh, fun, optimism, let's do this. Alright, thank you guys for bearing with us during our absence, um, thanks for tuning in again, and now that we have come back, we will talk to you next week. Um, And until then, as always, as we hope you have done for the past two or three months, uh, be good to each other, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you later, friends. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.